In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I have props. <laughs> so most of you know that I spend a lot of time on the road. I drive from Santa Monica to here to be with you on Sundays and throughout the week as priest. So that means that I listen to a lot of radio programs, a lot of tunes on my iPod, and I look at the backs of a lot of cars. So nearly every day there's a bumper sticker or a vanity plate that catches my attention. And just this past week there was one that particularly caught my attention. It read like this, I, and then it had a heart, and then L-I-V-N-G. I love living. I always wonder who the person is behind the wheels of the cars with the bumper stickers or the vanity plates. And this time I didn't catch a glimpse of the person driving I Love Living. But it struck me to see that plate on a week where we're entering into a time where we remember the road to the death of Jesus and his resurrection. I thought of one of my favorite early church fathers, Irenaeus, and what he said about God and living. That the glory of God is the human person fully alive. Then it made me stop and think, am I fully alive? Can I proclaim like that vanity plate, I love living? What does it mean to be living, alive, in the first place? On Wednesday, many of you gathered here at the church for the imposition of ashes. And we put, up, put the ashes on your forehead, and you were told that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I think it's easy for us to get caught in an ashy place at Lent, wallowing in the fact that we are sinful people, that we have choice to do sin, and that one day we're going to eventually die. Where did these ashes come from? How can life arise from these ashes, from the repentance of sin? Can life emerge out of death? The ashes imposed on your foreheads last Wednesday were made of palm leaves, dried over the past year and burned up. Here they are. The last time you saw them, we were waving them as branches on Palm Sunday. Remembering that time when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, these palms were a symbol of triumph and victory. Look at them now. This is what they looked like last year, all green and fresh. (laughs) Now they're all dried up. And they're dried up because they were taken from their life source. I plucked a few of these just a few days ago. And they were already too withered for me to come in and say they were green and alive. Away from light, away from roots, away from soil and water, all that kept these palm fronds alive. Think of Jesus in the desert. He went out there 
fully human, for 40 days. I imagined how he thirsted, how he hungered, how his skin blistered from the sun. And he emerged from that desert after those 40 days, I imagine about as spiritually dry as the living incarnate God possibly could be. And that's when the devil tempted him. Jesus was hungry. So the devil says, well, why don't you make some bread out of stones? You can do it. You're God, right? Then he catches a glimpse of all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil says, they can be yours if you just fall down and worship me. And then he's taken up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, the devil says, jump off. Because those psalms of yours, they say the angels will catch you, so why don't you just do it? Cravings, greed, power, testing God. They're all things that tempt us as human beings. Jesus, in the reality of human weakness, was tempted in every way, as we are. Yet something kept him from sin. Something kept him fully alive out in the desert. Something made him fully aware of the God that he served and the God whom he embodied. Just last week, we encountered Jesus shining like the sun, filled with consuming light, transfigured on that mountaintop. But we also encountered the disciples and Jesus in the reality of life, down in the valley. They came off the mountain and were amongst the people who had needs. And Christ's love and healing still shone. It may not have been that bright, overwhelming light, but it was a light that was powerful enough to heal. It strikes me that we make our Ash Wednesday palms, or ashes out of dried palms. These palms that were once so green, now they're all dried up because they're disconnected from sources of life. It's a fire that kindles these palms. The consuming fire of God's forgiveness. It takes all that was disconnected, dried up, apart from God, and it renders them into something new. pretty insignificant what they turn into. Not quite as big and as dry and as bad as what they first seemed. I think it's that light that kept Jesus from sin. And it has the power to keep us from temptation. And it has the power to consume with blazing fire all of our dry disconnectedness. To burn away the messy sins that clutter our lives. These ashes may seem pretty useless. 
At most, they might signify to us a finality of death. But what happens when we let God take the burnt remains and we mix what's left over into a place where life can come anew? The ashes of the old, the ashes of what once consumed us was consumed by God and now serves as a way to feed what's living. God wants to make us new in this way, and he's been wanting to make us new in this way throughout time. We hear the story of the Israelites at worship this morning in the lesson from Deuteronomy. They're remembering their journey through the desert. They relive their captivity in Egypt, their exodus, their desert wanderings, their deliverance to the promised land. They relive their struggle to keep faith alive in the dark valleys in the desert, even when the light of the hope of God grew dim. And they celebrated the power of God to restore newness to their lives. Like the Israelites, out of the desert, out of the dry places in our lives, God desires to bring us from the desert places, to bring us from the disconnectedness to a land flowing with milk and honey. In that lesson from Deuteronomy this morning, the Israelites are telling the story of their redemption through their worship. They're celebrating a God who acts out of love and purpose and power, a God who led them out of the desert wandering, where they had been for 40 years. They worshipped a God whose promise brought them out of that desert place to a place of life abundant. And at worship, they took the first fruits from that new land, that land of life that they lived on, and they offered it to God and said, thank you for giving us this life. Our worship, our liturgy, the reason we're here today is to tell that story and to tell the story of our Christian salvation. We gather here in this place and we hear and respond to the word of God. And then we pray for others. And then we bring ourselves the dried up places in the green places too. But we bring the dried up to offer to God for forgiveness, to be consumed by the fire, to be transformed. And it's then at our most vulnerable place that we say that we can be at peace with one another. And we extend that peace to our neighbor. That's when we move to this table. Consumed by the fire of God. Ready to be nourished and to let life emerge from the ashes by receiving the body and blood together. As we remember Jesus' death and resurrection, we are remembered to God, remembered to one another. We proclaim that new life is possible by the power of forgiveness and love. And we wait for the time when the whole world gets that, when they see that this is the glory of Christ 
the glory of God. The glory of God is the human person fully alive. Are you fully alive? Are we fully alive? What's keeping you from the source of life and love? Where is the desert place where temptation threatens to keep you from the way of life? What do you bring here this day that needs to be purified by the fire of forgiveness? The season of Lent offers us 40 days to journey through the desert. And we have company with the Israelites who wandered for 40 years. We have company with Jesus, our Savior, who wandered for 40 days. And we come together each week to celebrate the resurrection, the promise that there is new life out of death, out of disconnectedness, when we offer ourselves to God. It's then, after Christ nourishes who we are at our very core at this table, that we are fully alive, and then we can go out and nourish others in the world. The light of Christ dwells within each of us. It may be a bright, consuming fire, and it might be a dim flicker, but both were kindled by the divine spark of God. By this light of God, we have the power to boldly proclaim or profoundly and vulnerably whisper, I love living. May the light of Christ sustain each of us as we move into this first full week of Lent. Amen.